0: Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the premiere of the Coach McVay Show. A bunch of misleading statements in that show opening, among them the fact that DeMarco Farr is here with me. That is not yet the case, but we hope it will be shortly. But, uh, Coach, before we get to the Oakland Raiders and the win, what do you make of uh, Jared Goff and Aqib Tlaib claiming that they never miss an episode of this?
1: I, I think you guys probably had to pay him a lot of money to say that. So I, uh, I thought that was one of the false statements that we had heard, too. So it was uh, – I can't wait to see those guys.
0: Uh, we're fortunate to have uh, coach McVay for a segment here on a short week Uh, we'll also hear from Cooper Cup uh, John Johnson and the special guest Les Snead tonight as you know coach McVay every team is different Uh, their personality kind of evolves over the course of a season Uh, but what was nice about last night is not just the victory but the way you got it some early adversity in one of the toughest environments in the National Football League there was a poise a comfort in being behind and a confidence in what was to come in that game wasn't there Impressive, just the way that our guys responded and the way that they were able to
1: handle. You know, things not always going our way. I think a lot of that was a credit to the Raiders being able to, to handle. You know, some of those things, do some different things offensively. That uh, you know, guys made some plays. Uh, I thought, I thought Marshawn Lynch ran exter- extremely hard. Derek Carr did a great job distributing the football, and, and obviously Cook made a bunch of plays, but. Uh, you know, really, the guys came in at, at halftime, down three, and I thought there was a poison, like you mentioned, J.B., that, that's the thing we talk about all the time is really a mental toughness. You know, being your best regardless of the circumstances. Nobody flinches. Nobody blinks. Let's see if we can get ourselves together, get some points offensively coming out of the half. We were able to do that and get a field goal, and then thought the defense did an excellent job really getting them off the field on third downs, and then we were able to sustain some drives and keep our defense off the field, hit a couple big field goals by Greg, and it leads to a good second half and end up getting the win.
0: So much of the narrative, was- was about uh, how unknown the Rams would be because of what you decided to do in the preseason, but uh, when I think of what the defense was able to do from halftime on... Uh, And on Wade Phillips' side of the equation, was it just getting a sample size from what uh, Gruden and that Raiders offense might look like, given their personnel?
1: Yeah, I think so. And then I think it's also a credit to the guys playing really well on third down. I thought we were efficient on those early downs and got him into some second and longs and then some third down situations where we got off the field. I thought Michael Brocker's sack was a huge third down stop where they're in a third and manageable right there. And then we got him into some third and longers. And then, obviously, any time that you're able to come away with three turnovers, win the turnover battle, 3 nothing. Uh, That's instrumental, and that's one of the main things that we talk about with our football philosophy. I thought that play by John Johnson in the first half when they're driving in to score was huge to be able to come away with a red zone interception. Obviously, Corey's was a big play, and then Marcus capped it off with an excellent pick to the house.
0: Uh, the win in some ways kind of summarized the design. I know it will continue to flush itself out over the course of the season. But given what you did uh, in free agency, uh, through the draft, uh, rush and coverage design, uh, adding Brandon Cooks is maybe an instrumental and final piece to this offense. Uh, we didn't see everything on display last night, but we certainly saw glimpses of what it can and will look like, didn't we?
1: Yeah, I thought the guys did a really good job. You know, and and, and I thought uh, you could feel their presence. You know, Aaron did an excellent job. You know, getting him back was big, and then you just felt like you know Akeem and Marcus did a great job of being able to secure some really good receivers you know jordy nelson and maury cooper are guys that have had a lot of production in this league they didn't really get it you know they weren't really too heavily involved and i think that's in large part due to the guys you know that were covering them they did a great job there i thought brandon made a handful of plays you know some good tough aggressive hands catches coming across the middle when we had to have it i thought the second and ten play where he's screaming across jared lets it go with anticipation and he grabs it right in front of gilchrist i thought that was a big time play that you know if he's not aggressively attacking the football that could be potentially be a turnover the other way and one of the things that doesn't show up on the stat sheet are that he gets almost 90 yards in PIs you know he gets a penalty down the field against Melvin and then Rodgers Cromartie and and those are plays that you know when they're spot fouls those end up leading you know to huge type plays and those both will end up being scoring drives for
0: us. Uh, Recapping a week one victory at Oakland with Sean McVay here at Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks Uh, we'll also have Cooper Cup and John Johnson on the show tonight Uh, We have not spoken since roster decisions were made uh, coming out of training camp and getting ready for the Raiders. And so much of the conversation was, how do you formulate a 53 with a group that looks pretty well intact? Uh, but your mindset always seemed to be focused on the 46 that were active on game day. You know, as you got down to those final days and hours, what did those decision, decisions look and feel like? Because uh, you came up with an interesting group for week one at Oakland. Yeah,
1: it, it always is. You know, those last couple spots are always usually dictated based on you know the special teams contributions. And I think because of the you know, great job that Bones does with those guys and the production that we've had from that unit, you know, I was telling him, uh, never have I been a part of a team where last year you felt like you had such an advantage because of the production that a special teams really that unit gave us and, and that 's why you always want to make sure that you're doing a good job of listening to him and trying to give him the pieces that fit within the framework of our team but ultimately our 46 on game day and that 's why we made some of the decisions to get a couple guys up that you know maybe you know are kind of right on on the cusp of are they up are they not and then maybe you go a little bit lighter at certain positions but uh, it's in large part due to the respect and the appreciation that we have for Bones and in the special teams.
0: Uh, one group in particular only carrying two. Uh, running backs live on game day and we know that Todd is more than just one running back in terms of his contributions but what did that feel like going into that night with only Malcolm Brown behind him yeah
1: that's you know that was something that we did something similar last year you know depending upon how you look at Tavon there was a lot of games that we ended up going in with just two true running backs but I think that's in large part due to the fact that you know a guy like an Isaiah Johnson was able to make a lot of contributions to our special teams but uh, John Kelly and Justin Davis are guys that we have a lot of confidence in and that might not always be the case JB you know that's going to be a just week to week, but uh, I think you would prefer to have three guys up, all things being equal, but that's where you know some of these decisions, uh, you know, you got to end up saying all right, what's best for our football team, not necessarily exclusively the offense and, and going with three backs.
0: And you came out relatively healthy from week one, but the concerns do to, uh, seem to center around those special teams units in terms of what do you do with Farrell Cooper's spot moving forward, especially considering that Mike Thomas would be the natural replacement, but he too is, uh, is potentially down with an injury this week. Yeah,
1: that's really tough, JB, and that's something that we're working through, right? right now uh, we'll see how long those guys are out for, but the, but that's a big loss for our team and the contributions that those guys both make. I thought Cooper Cup did an excellent job filling in, even just being able to field the ball consistently last night as far as, you know, in the punt return, you know, with the punt return unit. But uh, we've got to find a solution to that, and, and that's something that we're proactively doing right now, and, and we'll see what we come up with.
0: A couple more questions about your uh, offense as we continue with Coach McVay. We have him for the opening segment of the show tonight before we mix in some players and general manager uh, Les Snead. How comfortable are you being uh, in 11 Personnel to the extent that you were last year, and again last night, with the strength of your offense uh, being early in the backfield and the trio of receivers that you put on the field. Yeah,
1: I think we are, JB. I think we want to be able to be a little bit more mixed, though. I, you know, I think um, you always want to be mindful of the fact that you want to get those guys on the field as much as possible, but you also want to try to build in some different, you know, breaks for them, you know, throughout the game. And I think a lot of that was due to the fact that Gerald Everett had that injury. Uh, I think we want to be able to get him a little bit more snaps uh, as he continues to get back and feeling comfortable, but. You know, that was because of really, you know, that personnel group is something that we feel good about, but it was also, you know, in large part due to the fact that Gerald had had his shoulder injury, missed a lot of practice time, so you're not able to really practice some of your 12 personnel grouping plays, or if you get into, you know, we got the one snap, we're in 13, and I think those are a couple personnel groupings that you can expect to see from us as we move forward a little bit more.
0: Also want to touch on your offensive line, because no matter where Khalil Mack is in this NFL universe, they did their job and then some last night, with the exception of maybe a couple of plays, the strip sack being one of them. Uh, Jared Goff left with a clean uniform last night. Yeah,
1: he did and I thought the offensive line was excellent. I thought their ability to mix up the cadence, make the calls, the communication whether it be in the run game, the play action, the protections, um, you know it was a great game by the unit. You know, all those guys are, um, you know, they they did such a great job. I thought to be able to handle the noise too with no pre-snap issues uh, no delays and anything like that with the atmosphere, the environment that was there I think is a large part due to the, you know, the the poise and the confidence that those guys played with. I thought John Sullivan did an excellent job kind of commanding the communication that that center position naturally entails, and you could feel the leadership from Whitworth and Saffold and Sullivan and Rob Havenstein put together a clean game, and I thought Austin Blight did a great job as well, filling in at that right guard spot, and and really, you know, it's it's a real credit to those guys and to Coach
0: Cromer. Uh, looking ahead of this week, before we let you go, uh, the start of a three-game homestand, the first division opponent, the Arizona Cardinals. You had some success against that franchise last year, but a really new look to the Cardinals this year, new leadership and a familiar face, but a different quarterback.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's it's uh, it's a team that we have a lot of respect for. They got great players. Uh, I've got a lot of respect for Steve Wilkes and and you know the the tough mindset mentality that you know he he instills in that football team. Uh, they'll be ready to go. They've got a lot of players at some key spots that are difference makers. You look at Johnson, you look at Larry Fitzgerald, uh, you look at Sam at the quarterback position with when he's clean, how accurate he can deliver the football. Uh, so there's a lot of problem type players on offense and then defensively you got two of the best players at their positions in Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson. They've always had, you know, I think Buda Baker is a guy that continued to develop and and get better and better as his rookie year progressed and, um, you know, it's going to be a great challenge for us. We got to be ready to go on a short week, and, and that's why it's going to be really important for us to have a couple good days of preparation. Uh, move on from the game, get those things cleaned up that we did. You know, we got to clean up a lot of things from that Raiders game, but we're excited about a division opponent coming
0: to our place. Understanding that to-do list and the uh, short amount of hours and days that you have to get to it, thank you for stopping by uh, to get us started here. You take care of Goff and Talib, and I'll give DeMarco a hard time, and we'll convene next week. That sounds good. Here's DeMarco coming in right now. (laughs) Thanks, JB. All right, good. Just in time for our first commercial break, we'll welcome in DeMarco Farr and hear from Cooper Cup coming up as the Coach McVeigh Show continues from Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks on ESPN LA 710. Well, our thanks to uh, John Johnson for joining us here on the Coach McVay Show. I know it's a short week for you. Uh, give us your big picture thought on the uh, opening Monday night football win over the Oakland Raiders.
2: Oh, I mean, it was fun. It was electric. The atmosphere was great. Um, it took a little minute for us to get the rust off. You know, we didn't play much in the preseason, but mm-hmm. once we got going, it felt really good.
0: Story of that first half seemed to be you matched up with uh, Jared Cook, and it went a couple different directions in those opening quarters. What did it look like from your vantage point? What challenge did that present?
2: Um, well, yeah. Obviously, he the height difference is there. Uh, he's uh, experienced. He's a vet. Um, I just tried to battle with him, contest every throw, and just uh, compete. And uh, I think I did that. Uh, he made a couple plays. I did as well. So um, I can live with myself at night knowing that I competed all, all game long.
0: Yeah, well said. The best example of that, of course, the... Uh I think the turning point of the game, really, that second quarter interception in the end zone, can you relive that one for our audience?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, they were marching down the field. They were knocking on the door. I think it was, what, 7-0 at the time? So if they would have scored that, it probably would have, you know, the game probably would have went a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, Carr was targeting them all game. I just, I was pressed up on. I wasn't going to let them get a free throw. I was competing with them all game, and uh, I turned my head around. The ball was there. It was kind of underthrown. I think if it was been if it would have been a good ball, I still would have made the play. But, uh It was just a great corner of the end zone. I fell down. I didn't have to worry about running it back, so uh, (laughs) I celebrated with my teammates. It was cool.
0: Uh, something about you and interceptions and debuts, right? Because your uh, first start against yeah. Seattle and then uh, the 2018 opener here in Oakland.
2: Hey, hopefully I can keep it going. And uh, for the years to come, maybe that, that'll be a thing. Uh, get a pick every opener. There you go.
0: Uh, can you take us inside the halftime adjustments a little bit because you pitched a second half shutout uh, when it seemed like Carr and that Oakland offense was going pretty good into the break.
2: Um, It wasn't really adjustments. I just think we just had to get in the swing of uh, playing football again. Um, we felt them out. Uh, they, tried to, they targeted the running back in tight ends the majority of the game so um our corners on the outside they just had to keep holding strong playing good technique and like you said we pitched a shutout so it, it paid off
0: what was it like playing behind 21 and 22 in live game action for the first time
2: oh man that pick six at the end that's when it really hit me like wow we got these guys on our team man and they just did their thing all night didn't complain when we uh things didn't go our way. Mm-hmm. but um it was great playing alongside them
0: uh, you just referenced kind of the game plan, the thought process for Gruden and the Raiders, backs and tight ends, knowing that you do have Peters and leave in that secondary now. Is that something you anticipate more going forward and uh, rise to that challenge week after week?
2: Um, I believe so. Um, and it's our job as linebackers and safety to step up and cover those backs and tight ends. Uh, you know, Teams are going to know those guys on the outside are real stingy, they're real greedy. So um, I think that'll be a trend going on.
0: All right, well, thanks for some of your time on a short week. We wish you all the best in week two against Arizona. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, John Johnson, second-year Rams safety, coming off an interception in the opener. And we continue from Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks here on ESPN LA 710. DeMarco Farr joins me. Good evening, DeMarco. Yay. Sorry about the traffic on the way in, but glad you're here. Thank you.
3: 25 push-ups, 110s, 100, uh, whatever you need me if for me for being late. You're good. You're Thank good. you.
0: All right. Week one rust, we all knock it off in one respect Yeah, or another, I can't make so. the
3: car fly. I tried. Well, well, yeah. Good
0: effort. Yeah. Um, you know, we called it the turning point of the game, John Johnson's second quarter interception in the end zone, because that matchup, him against Cook, who set a Ra- uh, Raiders franchise record for tight end receiving yards, uh, really started to dictate the Raiders' uh, game plan early on. You know,
3: I, I like what he said there. Uh, even if the it was a, a good ball, it was an underthrown pass that he picked off. Good ball, he probably makes a play. A great pass by Derek Carr, I mean, that's that could be a touchdown. I mean, uh cook did have good good position on him but just to fight back like he said he was they were going to cook they were going at whoever was covering jared cook in that situation and john johnson accepted the challenge i mean he gave as good as he got and he made the biggest play of the game swung momentum back in the rams favor took it from the raiders and they didn't give it back they fed off that off that interception that was a
0: huge play by john johnson Moving forward, do you expect more of the same? Is that uh, specific to Gruden and Cook and the Raiders, or knowing what the Rams now have on the perimeter and knowing that they can rush for and get there with Sue Donald Brockers and an outside linebacker, are you almost forced to have a receiving back and or a tight end who can do damage against that interior of the defense? Well,
3: I thought that maybe John Gruden showed you a a way to attack the Rams defense smaller running backs out of the backfield on those little choice routes uh, depending on who's covering that's going to give you problems tight ends down the field you saw that in Baltimore in practice Uh, those tight ends kept getting behind linebackers and safeties and making plays and sure enough it showed up on Monday night so uh, it's going to happen time and time again but I think Jared Jared Cook had a chip on his shoulder I've never seen him play that style of football before I've seen him make athletic catches over people a lot that's his forte but Running people over, being physical, that's new. Maybe it was a bit personal. So I don't think you're going to see tight ends like him week in and week out, So, but I, I think the, the game plan is sound. That's where you need to attack the Rams' defense. That's where you should attack the Rams' defense.
0: You will see teams, however, like the Arizona Cardinals, who have David Johnson are more than capable of receiving back and pair him with someone like Ricky Seals-Jones, perhaps just glimpsing ahead to Week 2 Sunday, mm-hmm. that might be able to present some similar offensive Hopefully threats. you
3: get Barron back.
0: Yeah. You can run with guys, yeah. That's, that's a good point. And uh, Sean McVay telling the assembled media here locally that uh, that s- situation is still day-to-day. He'll have a better feel for that as we get closer to game day. But worth pointing out that the new Los Angeles secondary uh, did just that in the second half. Carr, only able to target his receivers twice through an interception, did not complete a ball to a receiver in the second half of that game on their way to a shutout final two quarters.
3: They are impressive, both. to Talib, Marcus Peters. Uh, the entire secondary, I thought, was tremendous but even on passes that weren't thrown towards their guys, they were letter-perfect taking away routes. Like they were telling Derek Carr, you can't go here. I see you. I can smell you. Uh, The receiver can't fool me, and neither can you. So find another place to go.
0: Unfortunately, he could find Cook and find him a lot. Um, While that Rams defense took away everything offensively for the Oakland Raiders, Cooper Cup, Jared Goff, and the Rams did just enough offensively to find their rhythm in the second half and secure a Week 1 victory. We'll hear from the receiver who had the game-winning touchdown grab after this on the Coach McVay Show, Week 1 edition, ESPN Los Angeles. All right, pleased to have Rams receiver Cooper Cup with us on the Sean McVay Show tonight uh, following a game-winning touchdown reception against the Oakland Raiders in Week 1. What were your impressions of the 2018 opener, Cooper. Uh,
4: yeah, no, it was just good to get out there and play football again. Um, you know, I love this, this team, the guys that we have. And, uh, really it was just, I mean, that was one of the most fun times I've had just playing football just because of the guys that you get to go out there and do it with. Yeah.
0: I'm uh, happy to hear you say that. Cause I was going to ask you if it was just another win. I mean, it's week one, it's a new season, but that one felt like it had a little bit of extra juice to it. Was I accurate in thinking that?
4: Uh, I think it's just, you know, it's a, it's a new team, new energy, um, and so, uh, you know, being able to come together as a 2018 team and uh, get that first dub, I think, is just a, a cool thing.
0: Sure. On that touchdown reception, uh, at the start of the play, you sold run really well, and that seems to be a signature of this offense, right, making similar plays look like something that they're not initially. Uh, kind of walk us through it, how you saw it from your vantage point and how you found yourself in the end zone.
4: Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, everything does, you know, anything in the past game really is a reflection i think of how well you're running the ball um especially a lot of the play action stuff that we do and um you know it's a testament to the o-line and todd and the tight ends abilities to block and um and todd's ability to run and uh you know cause the defense to have to react and uh to worry about that um part of our game and so uh, uh i don't think we got necessarily exactly the look we wanted on that play but um because we can run the ball the way we do, um, able to sell it and uh, get out there. Rob's able to run the corner out, out, and um, Jared just makes it an easy throw.
0: Don't want to dwell on touchdown too much because your uh, late game third down reception was fantastic as well. You have early in your career developed a reputation on third down for this franchise. What is it about that moment in a game that uh, you seem to thrive?
4: You know, I, I don't know. I've just... Uh, I guess you know, coach just trusted me to make some plays on on third downs, and um, obviously it's a you know crucial crucial down anytime you get to third down. Be able to keep the chains moving and continue um, to run some plays, and um, so you know just for me, just continue to lock in and understand what uh third down plans might be for a defensive team and um you know how we can attack and how i can be the best that i can be um and you know make sure we can keep making those plays
0: i know all the hours and the reps that uh, have occurred between you and jared goff uh, in your short time together i imagine that comes into play in those critical moments as well
4: oh yeah no for sure um you have kind of see um you know sometimes things work off schedule and uh, as long as we can be on the same page and um you know, be thinking and seeing things the same way. I think, uh you know, you can be more efficient that way.
0: The way to beat the Rams seems to be to hog the ball, right? To possess it, to run for first downs. We saw Oakland have some success doing that in the first two quarters. What's it like being kind of in your offense at halftime? You only run 20 plays, knowing that when you get your chance, you're going to get the results.
4: Yeah, you know, and even in those first, you know, we I think you had 21 plays at halftime. Like you said, uh you know, even in those 21 plays, it felt like we were moving the ball well. And even though statistically it might not show up, you know, in the box score as a ton of yardage in the first half, um, you know, we, we were able to, you know, BC's able to draw a couple of um, PIs. And, um, you know, if those are catches, you know, you aren't, people aren't saying this, you know, so, uh you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we were sitting there at halftime knowing that you know, we're moving the ball well. The only thing that's stopping us right now is not finishing in the red zone. Um, and, you know, coming out in the second half, we just needed to be be doing a better job of finishing down there and uh, knew the defense was going to make adjustments and be able to get us out in the field more. And they obviously did that and, and more. And um, you know, we were you know able to help, hold up our side of the bargain a little bit and still a lot of improvement needed um you know watching film you you as, as well as you think you've played or as bad as you think you've played it's never as bad it's never as good mm-hmm. um, but regardless you always are going to progress always going to move forward
0: i heard you uh reference the red zone woes there it seems like that's something that this group is keenly aware of yeah well i think it's just uh you know it's
4: one of those things you know you get down there it's such a pivotal part of the game um, windows get tight and uh you just have to be on your P's and Q's. You have to be making sure that, uh, you know, windows open and close real quickly and as a receiver, making sure that you're getting in those windows and the right timing of, of the play. and um, All those things are just really important when it comes down to the red zone. So we just got to, you know, make sure that's a focus for us and um, improve down there as players and make sure we're executing the
0: way we're supposed to. You also referenced the pass interference penalties that uh, Brandon Cooks drew downfield in that first half. BC, you called him. What was it like getting on the field with him in live action for the first time? Was it noticeable?
4: No, no it's so much fun. Yeah. I mean, our, our whole our receiving room,
0: uh, having the guys we do, I think it's a pretty special thing. Um, protection for Jared really seemed to stand out on film when I watched the game back uh, this morning. Uh, the offensive line did a good job of keeping him clean and safe. Oh, yeah. No, and... Um, you know, as a receiver, you
4: don't get to see that necessarily a ton. But uh, you know, you, you know that when
0: quarterbacks are on the ground a whole lot, you, know, you got to be happy with that. Uh, one of the reasons why week one was such a big win is because now you come home for three, right? And you open up division play against the Cardinals. What kind of opportunity is this at the Coliseum over the rest of this month? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's huge. Anytime you get to play at home
4: from your home crowd, um, you know, we will hope- be here and, and do that for the Rams fans and um, you gotta take pride in that and defending the home turf. So um you know excited to be able to get
0: a few weeks a few weeks here in LA. A few weeks with your family as well. I saved the best for last. How is fatherhood treating you? Man it's incredible. There's nothing like it. Um nothing like it. I just you know
4: look forward to uh, you know being able to come home and you know have some time with them and um you know it's it's one of it's a it's a incredible blessing to have something. It's so hard to leave in the mornings and um come to do something that's so incredible here uh with the rams and be able to come to the facility and, and grind with these guys prepare for them and at the same time be able to come home to something so incredible as well so
0: um extremely blessed what's your uh, diaper changing record setting <laughs> time so far
4: <laughs> but um i'll get back to you on that
0: thanks cooper have a great week
4: thank you very much
0: All right, Cooper Cup, not only the game-winning touchdown, but a couple of key third-down receptions as well. Five grabs, 52 yards for Cup in the 2018 opener. Les Snead is here, our guest at Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks. On the other side, we'll chat with the general manager of the Los Angeles Rams atop the NFC West again after one week of 2018. This is the Coach McVay Show on ESPN LA 710 coming off a monday night football win it's a short week for the los angeles rams a three-game homestand begins sunday at the coliseum against the arizona cardinals the start of nfc west play back here at cal lutheran with demarco Farr, jb long this is the coach mcveigh show uh, thanks to sean for stopping by for our first segment a uh, cooper cup john johnson uh, with their thoughts as well and now general manager of the los angeles rams les sneed joins us for our final two segments uh, good evening. First of all, uh, how was your uh, Oakland experience last night? Was it enjoyable to watch what uh, you had helped craft come together for the first time? It's
5: always enjoyable. It's always enjoyable to go there. Unique atmosphere. You know, all things considered, with with John coming back after the the, the hiatus, uh, it was uh, you know it was electric as you all felt. And then uh, obviously when you can, when the scoreboard you know hit zero and you're at least up by one point it was a successful night so that was the goal and that's what happened
3: did you maintain your 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 poker face on the john johnson pick in the end zone because that swung momentum back to your favor to your team's big
5: moment in the game i think they were up what they were probably up 10-7 at the time driving they had momentum uh and easily could have been 17-7 now you're you're as as I'm sure Sean has mentioned the word adversity's been thrown around you the goal is to score more you know one more point than the opponent and it's a let's call it four quarter game and during that four quarter game there's a chance that you're going to actually be uh under in points uh versus your opponent so that was a chance to go down a little bit farther uh in the hole but John Turnovers are huge, and he made a big play in a big moment. I
0: don't know about you, but I sensed it for the first time. I mean, after the Rams kind of clinched the division last year, they became a targeted team, but certainly given what's taken place this offseason, the Oakland Raiders, I'm sure, won't be the last team to circle the Rams on their schedule and get really motivated to deliver their best performance. Did you sense some of that, seeing uh, John Gruden and Derek Carr and the Raiders, uh, knowing what was at stake here in that opening week?
5: You definitely did. There were so many subplots to the game sure. Gruden versus Sean Gruden coming back but there's some probably some subtleties right I think hey he as as it's been said he he had a 10-year let's call it uh you know 10-year span to prepare for let's call it his first 15 plays so you had no really clue what they were going to do initially and 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 one of our coaches put it uh you know he was you know, pretty articulate and said, you know what? You're basically preparing for every offense in pro football and college football over the last ten years because Johns had a chance to go visit those places and 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 take a lot of ideas. There was probably one I call it ace in the hole too in Greg Olson being the offensive coordinator there because Greg has gone up against Wade a lot as Sean's quarterback coach right out here at CLU on the practice fields, and so I think that nuance made it a nice it was a subplot that i think helped them a lot as well as you just didn't know and i think that's a little bit what that first half was about us weathering that storm
3: well we were trying to figure out what was more impressive the adjustments to to flip the game use the raiders game plan against them and grind them out like you did or the fact that no one panicked when you were down when you did face adversity, it was like, okay, let's just get back to work. We can wake up on defense and offense, and we can beat this football team. There was zero panic. So what was more impressive, the adjustments or just the zero panic at in the middle of adversity?
5: Well, I think it takes both of those variables because you got to make the adjustments. Obviously, I remember first quarter they had 11-something time of possession. We come back in the third quarter and go 11-something time. of So you kind of reversed that uh, really – Major, major, uh, let's call it plus. They had in time of possession in the third quarter. But you can make the adjustments. But if if you're nervous, if you if the emotions, all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, uh, we've got these expectations. We want to win this game, and half of it's gone now. And you start looking at the clock and things like that. So I think there's an element where you got to discipline yourself to go. You know, it's one play at a time. It's first down. It's second down. It's get third. It's all of those things.
0: And, and that's what you got to do. Uh, you traded some picks and some high-value picks this offseason for proven stars offensively and defensively. To see them deliver on opening night, be it Brandon Cooks over the middle making catches or drawing pass interference, or Marcus Peters putting the game away with a pick six. Um, did that give you some satisfaction? I mean, I, I think we all have confidence that those moves are going to bear out over the long run. But to see them right away in a game-winning fashion?
5: I think it's, you know, I, it's interesting. You don't necessarily... Think about it like that because I, I going into it, when you make the move, you expect that to occur, especially with veterans like that. It's different than the college draft where there's an element of projection, there's an element of development, there's an element of creating an environment. But usually when you bring in a player of those two's caliber, hey, they they are who they are. Now they got to fit within your system, but it is – now that you think about it, uh, it's nice to go, okay, wait a minute, that was our first game, and and they actually – you know, got some, uh, you know, stickers on the back of their helmet.
3: You got to love it. I mean, the the guys that we talked about a lot, like you talked about, Peters, Tlaib, Sue, and Donald. I, I thought they did what we always thought they would do. They played their butts off. But guys like Austin Blythe, starting for Jamon Brown, I thought he played a terrific game in there. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Didn't look like a backup.
5: Now he he. What's interesting, right? When we when we got Austin off of waivers a couple years ago, it was really last year. He had started games at guard for Indianapolis because he was in the same role of being, you know, the backup center and swing guard, and and got starts. And he's played for Sully last year, some. So a lot of confidence in him. What he brought to the table is he's a smaller human being, but he is a, a quicker human being, a faster human being on the line. So there were some there were some things at the second level. Uh, and in the screen game that he was able to to get out and and make some impressive blocks and help us out.
3: Gurley's touchdown. God, he was in the end zone with him. Yeah. And and threw a key block. A key block to get there. Amazing. Both Krupa
5: and him.
0: Yeah. We'll see Blythe again on Sunday against the Cardinals before Jamon Brown comes off uh, that two-game suspension. One more segment of the Coach McVeigh Show to go. Les Snead is our guest to close it out. We'll get into some of the uh, formulating the 53-man roster questions and also uh, some special teams issues to address this week between Week 1 and Week 2. We'll chat with Les some more coming up after this on ESPN LA 710. All right, final segment of the Coach McVeigh Show. Thankful to have Les Snead with us on this short week. The Rams are the only NFC West team to win. In week one, so they take the division lead into the showdown with the Cardinals at the Coliseum first. So three straight home games here to wrap up the month of September. Uh, continuing the conversation with DeMarco Farr and Les Snead. Sean McVay did mention a couple of injuries coming out of week one, uh, and they they both have key roles on special teams, which is interesting to kind of bridge the gap on this short week because so much of what we talked about uh, through training camp, really through the entire offseason, is formulating that 53 and eventually the 46-man roster. Uh, Mike Thomas and Farrow Cooper are large parts of that because of the roles they play on those units.
5: Definitely. They're, you know, the forty-six man's important. Mike Thomas. We've got we've got a deep receiving core. Everybody knows, you know Brandon. Everybody knows, you know Cooper. Everybody knows Robert. Uh, Josh Reynolds sneaks in there. Every everybody knows Farrell because of returning. But who is you know Mike Thomas? But uh, integral part. He played every special teams play the other night. So big part for Bones losing him. That's a, and he's a fast guy with with toughness. And you got to be tough. Uh, as a receiver to play special teams. Go, go down and make tackles and not just, you know, catch balls and, mm-hmm. and make people miss, things like that. So that's a big loss that we've got to overcome from within.
3: Uh, special teams, you missed. Greg Zerline missed one, pushed it right. But the, the one he made from – how long was that field goal?
0: 55.
3: 55. That would have been good for 65. I mean, when this kid lines it up, he's unbelievable.
5: I wrote, You know, uh, uh, Stan – was that practice our owner and and it was funny we were up there like oh wait a minute this is a long field goal from the dirt but he was at the our probably our friday or saturday i forget how last week was every you know everything was confusing with a monday night game mm-hmm. but i remember he lined up and probably kicked about a 55 yarder that looked like it would have gone It probably went over the fence at clu if you know if, you, if you've ever been here Home run field. He's like, that thing would have been good from 80. So, you know, when you're looking like, oh, 55 from the dirt, big moment because we're only up by seven. A miss there. They've got really good field position. I know Bones was very confident in Greg, and they lined it up and nailed it.
0: Uh, talk a little bit about your uh, rookie class, uh, if we can here, because the design wasn't for them to play huge instrumental roles in week one, and hopefully not for a period of time as they continue to develop because of how uh, accomplished and veteran the top tier of your roster is. Uh, but based on what you did in the spring, to have so many of those draft picks still around and contributing, either on the 53 or on the practice squad that you eventually formulated, I have to uh, think that that means good things for uh, your front office and the coaching staff, the players you're able to bring in through the offseason.
5: You know, that that was the goal. That was the intent. Once once we ma- we did everything we did. Once we gave up our one for a proven receiver, and, and the reason we did that is because hey, offense went from thirty two to one in scoring. So let's let's go veteran instead of draft ebook. so we were left with a third rounder, fourth rounder, and then a lot up after that, and ended up parlaying in the eleven pick. So the goal was hey, what can we do? What kind of role players can we add? that uh, similar to a Littleton, similar to a Ebicon, that we can develop, maybe have a larger role in the future, and, and that was the goal. And, and the nice thing is a guy last night who didn't play it down, Joe Noteboom, maybe on the field goal teams he played, but, hey, he's third tackle. He came in as a third rounder, and when you are now the third tackle, uh, you're a play away from going in either right or left. So hey, even though he didn't play it down on offense, he had an important role. Same with Brian Allen, and I think uh, – you know, there's a couple of defenders, John Franklin Myers and, and and Lawler, that got in the game and made plays.
3: Every time I see Brian Allen, I think you were born to play center. The guy's got no neck. It's just it's head and shoulders. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing that moves in there. You know?
5: Born to play center, <laughs> born to wrestle. That's the trivia of the night that I think we got when we signed Evan Bone from uh, the practice squad in Missouri. I think we got four state champion wrestlers on their OL. Sully Bone, Brian Allen, who am I? Oh, and Austin Blythe. Iowa, hmm. Connecticut, Missouri, and Illinois represented.
3: Never
0: a bad thing. Yep. Uh Before we let you go, as we wrap up the final edition, uh, the final segment of the Coach McVay Show, final moments of an extension. What's it like? Because it was the story of the summer with some of the key names that you were able to have put pen to paper. From your perspective, what's it like to see? General generational money poured out to the likes of Todd Gurley or Aaron Donald.
5: Well, I think in those those players, I've said it a lot. It's, it's getting old cliche. They belong on the Rams, uh, you know, Mount Rushmore, wherever that is. But it, I, it, look, with the Aaron Donald thing, it just hey, complete. We're holding out. Let's go fight for
0: 2018. We thank you for joining us on this short week, looking ahead to the Cardinals and Week Two at the Coliseum.